Shalom to all. Today's office is Memches. We are starting the 11th line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basav, Yaakov, Maisha, Herna, Shamash, and Avonaliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars, Freyde, Chayabelo, Basav, Yitzchak, Tzvi, Herna, Shamash, and Avonaliyah. And the Mishnah said, Rabbi Huda, I'm Rafilo, Anishab, Yisrael. Now we learned in the Mishnah that a man must undertake all the burial expenses if his wife passes away. Rabbi Huda said that he must hire at least two flutists and one Mikhainenes, the official woman that does the lamenting and wailing. So Gemara tells us, Mechal, that implies the Tanakama, so the Tanakama holds Hani Loi, that he does not have to hire these people for his wife's funeral. The Gemara says, Hey, what's the scenario over here? Either Urcha, if it's normal for her family to have such a Levaya, my time in Tanakama to Amrlai, what's the reason the Tanakama says he does not have to hire these people for his wife's funeral? This is normal in her family. And Vida Lava Urcha, if it's not normal to have such a funeral in her family, my time in Rabbi Huda, why is Rabbi Huda say that he has to hire these for her? So the Gemara answers, It's normal for his family to have such a Levaya, but not her family. Tanakama, so the Tanakama holds Camarina, and when do we say, that she gets elevated to his position if he's more chasha than her, but she does not have to go down to his position if he's less chasha than her. That's only when she's alive. For example, if he wants her to nurse her child, but she wants to hire someone to, which back in the day was considered more prestigious. So if it's the norm in his family to hire a wet nurse, he's not allowed to force her to nurse the child, even though it's the norm in her family. That means she goes up to his status. But that's only when she's alive. But after she dies, she doesn't get elevated to his status. So Tanakama holds, since in her family, they don't have such levayas with these flutists and this wailing woman, so he doesn't have to hire such people for her levaya. Whereas Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda holds Afula Achermisa, even Achermisa, she gets elevated to his status, so he has to provide her with the levaya like he would do in his family. Another member from Mishanashtata, a person became a shaita, he went crazy, he lost his mind. And now obviously he can't take care of his family. So Bezin Yardin Chasev, Bezin gets involved in his affairs. They go to his property, they sell some of it, they make some money, and they give food and clothing to his wife, sons, daughters, and they also give davar Now, why is it different than the following Someone went overseas. He didn't leave his wife and kids the credit card. He didn't leave them the number for the bank account. No cash, nothing. So they have no food for themselves. So his wife goes to Bezin and she says, I need food. Bezin will go into his properties. They'll sell some. And they'll give food and clothing to his wife, but not to his sons and daughters. And they're not going to give Davarachir either. So, what's the difference in this situation where it's only his wife that gets food, but not his sons and daughters, and Davarachir is not given? So, Amrlai Ravashi told Ravina, You don't think that there's a difference between when he leaves and he's a full mental capacity? When he goes overseas, he's 100% normal. Here's money, here's a credit card, here's the way you should support yourself. And since he didn't do that, obviously, he doesn't want his kids to have. Whereas when he's Yetzel Shalaladas, that means he became a Shaita, so he didn't have the ability to say, Well, here's money, I'm about to become a Shaita. So, therefore, the Allah is going to be different. Now, the Gemara just asked, my what exactly is this Davar Acher that we're talking about? Rav Chizda Amr, he says, Zetachshit, this is referring to perfume for the wife, so she can smell good. Rav Yasef Amr, he says, Tzedakah, this is referring to taking money of his and giving it to Tzedakah. We know that the council of every city, the kupa of every city, was able to say that each person has to give a certain amount of Tzedakah. Now we just clarify, Manda Amr Tachshit, according to the Manda Amr, the Davar Acher means Tachshit, her perfume, Kol Shekain Tzedakah, so for sure the same halacha would apply by Tzedakah. Whereas Manda Amr Tzedakah, the one that says that we're not going to give Tzedakah in the case when he went overseas, Aval Tachshit Yavinala, but we will give his wife Tachshit, we will allow her to buy perfume, because he obviously doesn't want his wife to be degraded and disgusting that she smells terrible. And another halacha, a person went overseas, and his wife died. Bezin will go into his property, they'll sell some, make some money, and bury her according to his covet, based off of his position. We're only going to bury her based off of his position and not based off of her position. Let's say she's more important than him. Why should she have lesser of a levaya because of that? So Gemara says, no, even based off of his position. And 
Kamashmon, what do we learn from here? She's going to go up to his position and she's not going to go down to his position, even after Misa. Meaning, if he comes from a more Chashav family and they have more Chashav Levias in his family than hers, so then we're going to give her such a Leviah, even though this is considered Lachar Misa. And another member, Amr of Masa, he tells us, if a person on his deathbed says, in Mesa, if my wife dies, don't bury her with his Nechasim. Meaning, he's saying, don't take my Nechasim, my property, and use that to bury my wife. Shaiminloi, we're going to listen to him. And we're not going to use his estate to bury his wife. The Gemara asks, why is it that when he verbalizes this, that when he says, don't use my money to bury my wife, that we listen to him, it must be because his Nechasim are falling to Yusayimim, these Yusayimim are his inheritors, and they are not her Yarshim. So therefore, he doesn't want money to be taken away from his Yarshim to pay for her funeral when they're not her Yarshim. So it seems to be that's the reason why we're going to listen to him. But if so, Kiloi Amrnami, even if he didn't verbalize it, we still shouldn't be using this money for her burial. Because Kami Ramu, the Nechasim are still falling to the Yusayimim, why do we have the right to take money from the Yusayimim and pay for her burial if they're not her Yarshim? It shouldn't make a difference if he verbalized it. So Gemara says, you're right. Elo, really, this is the Halacha Ha'imer. If a person on his deathbed says, in Mesu, if he dies, Loisik Berum Nechasov, don't bury him with his Nechasim. In other words, the person is saying about himself, when I die, don't use my money to bury me. Ain't Shaimelai, we don't listen to him because Lav Kali Menu Tibor. We're not going to follow his word to the extent to make his children wealthy and then he's just going to be on the Tibor. If a person dies and doesn't have any money to bury himself, so who has to bury him? The Kupata Ir, the Kupata Tzakav, the local neighborhood, so they have to take money out of the Kupa and they have to bury him. This fellow is saying, You're not allowed to use any of my money to bury me, which means he's making his children rich and who has to bury him? The Kupata Shkuna. And that's not fair. He's not allowed to make himself a strain on the Tibor when he actually has the money and therefore we're not going to listen to him and we're going to use his money to bury him. And the Mishnah says, She is always in her father's Roshos. Meaning, even though she's engaged, she's an Aramurasa, she's always considered to be in her father's Roshos. Until she goes into the Roshos of her husband for Nisuin, meaning only once she goes into her husband's Roshos officially, then she's considered to be in her husband's Roshos for all relevant halachas and not in her father's Roshos. The Mishnah continues, Let's say her father handed her off to the Shluchim that the husband sent. Her husband wasn't able to come and pick her up to get married, so he sent Shluchim instead, and her father officially handed her off to them. She's considered to be in her husband's Roshos. Now, let's say, If her father went with the Shluchim of the husband, or her father sent her with his Shluchim to go with her husband's Shluchim, she's still considered to be in her father's Roshos. But let's say, If the Shluchim of the father handed her off officially to the Shluchim of the husband, so now she's considered to be in her husband's Roshos. The Gemara just asked on the first word of the Mishnah, Why do we say this word, it seems to be like we're excluding something. She's always in such a state, as opposed to some other thing that we know about. The Gemara answers, that's excluding a different mission that we had. We had it previously, we're going to have it later. That Mishnah says, if the agreed upon time came and they didn't get married yet, that she gets fed by the husband, he has to pay for her food, and if he's a kind, she's allowed to eat truma. That's why our Mishnah says, that she's always considered to be in her father's Roshos, even though the time had come and they still haven't gotten married, she's still in her father's Roshos, as long as he didn't hand her off to the husband. And the Mishnah said, if her father handed her off to the Shluchim of the Baal, she's considered to be in the Roshos of her husband. Amar Rav, Rav says, when her father gave her over to the Shluchim of the husband, that's considered like he gave her over for everything, except for Truma, meaning if her husband's a kind, she's still not allowed to eat Truma until they actually officially get married. Rav Asi, Amar Rav Asi says, she's even allowed to eat Truma. Some say, we have a member that says, she's always in the Roshos of her father until she has Knisa L'chopa, and giving her over to the Shluchim of the husband is not Knisa L'chopa, and so we see that she's not allowed to eat Truma until Knisa L'chopa. So Amr Rav, Rav told 
them. Didn't I already tell you? Don't go basar ipcha. What does it mean basar ipcha? Don't base your question on something that can be understood in the exact opposite way as well. I can answer for you that what does that memory mean? That giving her over to the shluchim that is considered knisal chupa. So you don't have a question from there. But we continue with different opinions. Shmuel Amr Shmuel says Li Yerushasa that when she's handed over to the shluchim, the husband, that's for Yerusha purposes. Namely, if she dies, her husband gets to yarshan her. Anything that's coming with her into the marriage is officially the husband's. And Rishlak Hashamar, he says, look Subasa for her Ksuba. The Gemara asks Subasa Mahi, what does that mean for her Ksuba? Does that mean that if she dies, her husband gets to yarshan her? Hainu de Shmuel, that's the same thing that Shmuel just said. So Ravina, he answers, Loimar, what it means to say is Ksubasa me'acher mana. Her Ksuba from someone else is going to be 100. We're not talking about a scenario where she died. We're talking about a scenario where he died. She was given over to the Shluchim of the husband. Then the husband dies. She's already considered like a married woman. And now when she marries someone else, she only gets a mana and not Messiah. Both of them say, when she's given over to the Shluchim of the husband, it's for everything, even for Truma purposes, meaning she's allowed to eat Truma. But now we're going to ask on this. Meisfei, we have a member that says, Let's say the father went with the Shluchim of the husband, or the Shluchim of the father went with the Shluchim of the husband, or she had a Chatzar along the way. They're going along the way, and she says, hey, that's my bungalow colony, and I have a bungalow, which is mine. It's not my father's, but it's my bungalow. And she went in there with her husband to go to sleep. They were just schluffing for the night. They were going to get up and continue on their journey for the next day. Now, even though her ksuba, meaning her dowry, is in her husband's house already, Mesaf, she dies in such a scenario, Avia Yarsha, her father inherits her. That's because her father, or the shluchim of her father, were still with her, or they went into this house to go to sleep, and it was just for sleeping purposes, it wasn't for chuppah purposes. However, Masar Avo Shluchabal, if the father already gave her over to the shluchim of the husband, Aisha Masar Shluchabal Shluchabal, or the shluchim of the father gave her over to the shluchim of the husband, Aisha Hasul Lai or he had a Chatzar along the way, they're going along the way, and he says, Oh, that's my bungalow colony, and I own a bungalow over there, let's go into my bungalow. And she went in with him for purposes of Nisuin, even if her Ksuba is still in her father's house, Mesav, she dies, Bala Yarsha, her husband. Husband yarshins her, but now by Medvar Murim, when was it said Liyushasa only in regards to yarshining her? Avala Truma, but in regards to whether or not she's allowed to eat Truma, Ein Ishaychels but Truma Ashtikarnsal A woman is not allowed to eat Truma until she has proper Chapa. And we conclude over here to Yufta Dekula Tiyufta. We have a proper refutation to all these previously mentioned opinions, besides for Shmuel's opinion. Shmuel was the one that said that when she gets handed over, so then he gets to yarshin her, and that's exactly what this Brisa said. So besides for Shmuel, this Brisa is refutation on everyone. Now the Gemara just asks, Hagufakasha. This Brisa itself seems to be a stira. Amrit, you had said in the Rish of the Brisa, Nechasa Yimaylalin, that when she goes into her bungalow with him to go to sleep, that's not considered like anything. It's not like Kanisa Lachapur that she's going into his Rishos. Now, Taima Dalalin, it seems to be that's the case because they went in Dafka only to go to sleep. It was very clear to them they were just going to sleep for the night and we're going to continue along our journey on the way in the morning and we're not going in for any other purposes other than sleeping. But Hastama, if they went in Stam, they didn't say anything, that implies that it's Lashem Nisuin, that they're going in to sleep and that's for Nisuin purposes, meaning the fact that they're in the same house together implies that it's for Nisuin purposes. But Amos Sefer, what about the Sefer the Brisa? It says, If she went into his bungalow, then she's considered like she's in his Rishos. But that implies that if they just went into his bungalow Stam without any intention, it just seems that they're going in for sleeping purposes. So we have a stira in the Stam, in the Rasha, if they went in Stam, it implies that they're going in for Nisun purposes. Whereas in the Sefer, if they went in Stam, it implies that they're going in just for sleeping purposes. So Ravashi answers, Stami Stami Katani. Both scenarios are just referring to the Stam case. Stam Chatzar Dida Lolin. If they go into her Chatzar Stam without saying anything, it implies that they're going in just for sleeping purposes, and that's why the Rasha just spoke out Lolin, and Stam Chatzar Dida Lolin. If they go into his chatzar stam, it implies it's for nisuin purposes, and that's why the brisa spoke that out. I think Mark continues. Tana, we have a brisa. Masra avlo shluchah abal. The father handed her over to the shluchim of the husband. Vizin 
Arkansas. And then she was Mazana. Harezu Bechenek, she gets Chenek. She's not considered like an Aramorosa anymore that she would get Skila. She's already considered like she's in the Rishus of her husband, and therefore she's going to get Chenek and not Skila. The Gemara asked Munani Mili, how do we know that? Amar Vayim Barachama, he answers Amar Kro, because the Pasuk says, Liznois Beisavia. And what do we learn from Zlashon of Beisavia? That excludes if he had already handed her over to the Shulchan of the husband, she's not considered to be in Beisavia anymore, and therefore she gets Chenek and not Skila. The Gemara asks Ve'ema, why don't we say, it's really excluding a case where there was already Kenisa Lechopa, but she wasn't nivel to her husband, and then she was Mazana. So Amarava, he answers, Amarli Ami, Ami told me, We already have an explicit Pasuk that tells us about Chopa, so therefore our Pasuk can't be talking about Chopa. What's that Pasuk? The Pasuk tells us, When we have a Naira who's a Basula that's engaged to a man, what do we learn from all these words in the Pasuk? Naira tells us, She can't be a Bagaris. Basula tells us, She can't be a Baula. And Ma'irasa tells us, That she can't be a Nisua. Now, my Nisua, what does it mean that she has to be an Arusa and not Nisua? Elam, if you want to say Nisua Mamish, that it means that she can't be a real Nisua after real Nisuin, Hanu Basula Vlebaula. That's the same implication of Basula and not Baula. If she's a real Nisua, that means that she's a Baula, and that means that the Pasuk is repetitive. So El Lavin must be Shinechasul Chapa When it says Meurasa, and we learn from there, not Nisua, it means that she had Kinisul Chapa and she wasn't Nivel yet, which means that the Pasuk of Lizna's Besavia could be used for our Limud of Prat Lishmasar Avlishlichabal and not for Nechasul Chapa Vlenivala. We're going to stop here for the day, which is really right in the middle of the Brysa, and Pickham continue to talk about this tomorrow. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.